in today's show. We look ahead to Friday in the NBA, how we're streaming in, what we're doing for the next few days, how we are planning out our fantasy basketball rosters. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fangio.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are here to talk about Friday's action. There are eight games in the NBA. We're going to look at um, the back-to-back. We're going to look at the next four days. We're going to look at the next eight days. We're going to look at just what we're doing schedule-wise. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. The first game up on Friday. We are looking at the 76ers and the Hornets. The Sixers have two more games this week. This is from Friday onwards. This is for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're looking at this. They've got two more games this week and four games next week. The Hornets, one more game. So they play Friday and then they're done. And they have four games next week. So use that information however you need to use it. In terms of um, injury reporting, we know that Cody Martin's not going to play. He's not going to play this season. Let's be let's be fair. We don't know about um, the big fella for Charlotte, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. Had that thumb issue. He's been out since last week. There's no update on him at this point. I, I really don't expect him to play, but we don't know that. So I'm going to list him doubtful and all my decisions are going to be based on the fact that I don't think he plays. I, I don't think he plays next season. Oh, next season, Jesus. This this season, they play Friday and then Monday and then the next game is Thursday. So they've actually got, over the next seven days, two games. So not only do they have a two-game week this week, there's in the next seven days, there's two games as well. That's a stinking schedule. It's a really bad schedule. That's three games in 10 nights for the Hornets. So it's really, really hard to hold Mark Williams. Jalen McDaniels is questionable for Philadelphia after missing last game with a hip problem. He's not going to have a big impact, I wouldn't have thought. The Sixers are on a back-to-back Friday, Saturday too. So I don't think there's any risk of rest for Embiid and Harden, but could be. For the Sixers, we want to watch D'Anthony Melton because it's been very up and down, obviously. And it's trending down. 24, 21, and 15 minutes the last three games. The schedule is solid for Philadelphia. As you can see, two games left this week, the Friday, Saturday, and then four games next week. So that gives him a little bit of a boost. So we're talking that's the next 10 games. We've got six days, 10 days, we've got six games. But it is really hard to look at him as anything more than a guy that just gets a boost from having that schedule. The other guy that is stepping up or did step up last game was um, Shake Milton. He's played some pretty decent minutes. Milton, 20, 19 and 21, the last two games. He had 30 and 22. So out of his last five, he's played 30, 22, 8, 19, 21. And if Jalen McDaniels is out and Melton struggles, then Shake Milton can step up into a larger role. That's only really a deeper league consideration, but it is moving a little bit towards him, which is something to watch. For the Hornets, I, I do want to watch Kai Jones because last game we saw Nick Richards start. And if Mark Williams is out, I do expect Richards to start. But Jones played 16 minutes. He's played 18, 13, and 16 in the last three games. 
deeper leagues, you will want to pay attention here. And the fact is that Richards played 23 minutes last game. And I do think, and I talked about Dan to Dan Titus with this on the mail, mailbag show earlier today, I think there's going to be a portion this season where we are legitimately talking about Kai Jones as a 12-team stream option. I don't think it's here, but let's see if they do anything with the minutes. I also watched Gordon Haywood, whose minutes went down last game in a big loss against Cleveland, but he's been playing some really, really big minutes, 34, 35 minutes a game. I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, he hasn't been playing particularly well. Is he a drop after this with you know one game in the next six nights after this? Probably, yeah. If you held him until now, you use him here, and then you wouldn't need to hold for Saturday, Sunday, and then they play Monday, and then no game on Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Not worth a hold, but let's see what he's able to do in this contest. Warriors-Hawks. Both of those teams have two games left this week and four games next week. Draymond Green will be suspended unless the NBA rescinds his technical foul from yesterday. Andrew Wiggins will be out. Gary Payton will be out. Kevon Looney's on the injury report as probable with back soreness, but interestingly, Steph Curry appeared as questionable with a thumb issue. They do play a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. That is really troublesome because if he is out, remember, they cannot play Ty Jerome. They cannot play Anthony Lamb unless they sign someone. So it's going to be Jordan Poole and then their guard bench depth is, I'm sorry to say, nobody. It's Moses Moody. Like, and I, don't, I actually, I don't get to play this one very often, so let's do it. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody. Moses Moody. They have no guards because they'll be starting Poole, Dante, and um, Clay, and that's it. Their other reserves will be Moody, Jermichael Green, Patrick Baldwin. And that's it. That's their reserves. So, it's going to be ugly. And maybe a weird stream option opens up for Moody. I do want to watch Kaminga. I think Kaminga will start next to Looney with Wiggins and Green out. And that makes him absolutely a viable stream. And the fact they've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back and they play Friday, Saturday, Monday. And Kaminga didn't play particularly well last game, but there is at least a little bit of value understanding that there might be a 35-minute game in here for him. And if Steph is out, there's big usage perhaps coming as well. I also want to watch Jordan Poole, who sucked for big chunks of this season. But there is a chance here that Steph might be out, and that might boost his numbers. But if Steph plays and he gets limited again, I, I don't know. Look, the schedule is favor, favorful, favorful. No, it's it favors him. But I don't know that that means he has to be held. He probably does, but man, it's been rough. For the Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich signed a contract extension. Not really sure why, considering Quinn Snyder doesn't seem to be the biggest fan of him, playing him low 20s minutes every night. They signed into a sizable deal for a 31-year-old. But that's neither here nor there. It doesn't change anything for his fantasy value. I don't think he's a must-roster player. They have two more games this week, as I mentioned, and four next week, including two sets of back-to-backs. He's had some back issues. Um, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. The schedule is favorable, but I think he's more just a streamer. But let's see if anything changes here. I also want to watch a Kongwu, who it looked like they were just sort of phasing out. 14, 21, 19 minutes. Okay. That's not really good enough. And then 23-25 and playing over Capella. So I don't really know what to make of it. And that's really what I want to see. What are they doing with Capella and Okongwu? Are we leaning into 30 of Capella? Are we back to a full minute split? That's very, very interesting for us because it really does impact a lot about Okongwu's value uh, as we move forward here. Today's episode is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Nissan Aria. And we're talking about the most electric player of the week. The most electric player of the week is Joel Embiid. He's averaging 36 points. He's averaging almost four blocks a game. He's shooting 60% from the field. He's averaging like 12 rebounds. He's carrying the Sixers team. He's doing it with power. 
with fierceness. But he's also like elegant. Like uh, Embiid's an amazing player. And he's really just shows that duality of grace and power, much like the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Delivers on duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance. It's beautiful, but also strong. It's the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Let's look at the Wizards and the Cavaliers. Washington plays two more games this week and four next week. Look at the big difference here. Two games and four. Six games, next 10 days. The Cavs play one game this week and three next week. Six games versus four games. That's a pretty significant difference over a 10-day period. In terms of injuries, Jared Allen is out for the Cavs with that eye injury. Rubio was out last game for the back-to-back, but he'll return. And for the Wizards, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, was out last game, but he is off the injury report um, so that he's ready to go, it looks like. I want to see what Kuzma's able to do, but also how he... Because he's he doesn't hasn't looked right with this knee injury. We'll see how he's able to look um, and how it impacts players like Kispert and um, Gafford and Avdia. It's obviously going to have a pretty big impact on Avdia. I also want to watch Dylan Wright, who played, what, 22 minutes and 20 minutes the last two games as they've gone back to Monte Morris, which I think is bad from a coaching perspective, but also in terms of Dylan Wright's fantasy numbers. 20 minutes a night, Dylan probably isn't worth it. The only benefit you have here is the Friday, Saturday back-to-back, which makes him and Gafford worth it. And then they play a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, so they've got four games in the next six nights. That's really useful. For the Cavs, Karis Levert is really putting on a strong performance. They will probably start Lamar Stevens again, so we do want to watch him in deep leagues. It didn't work out for him last game. But the value of Levert and the Discman, C.D. Arsman, are able to step up with the absence of Allen. Levert, I don't trust the efficiency at all. I don't trust anything about Osman's game. But they're both in position where extra minutes can come their way, which makes them somebody we need to pay some attention to. The Pelicans and the Rockets is the next one. The Pelicans have got two more games this week with three next week. The Rockets are at two more this week and four next week. We know that the biggest bird, Zion Williamson, is out. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. We also know that Jose Alvarado is out. Well, for the Houston Rockets, they're actually pretty clean on the injury point. And by pretty clean, I mean there's nobody on it. For the Pelicans, last game was very bad for Josh Richardson. He played, what, 17 minutes coming off the bench as they really lent into Jones and Murphy um, quite a bit. And we got Larry Nance back in the mix. Is that what Richardson is? Is he a 17-minute-a-night player? He probably should be. And honestly, like this 20-minute zone for Richardson is what we thought would happen when the trade happened. And then Willie Green lost his mind and said, no, we're playing him 34 minutes and benching our young second year star. So uh, I don't know where Richardson lies from here on out. I'm not particularly confident in his playing time, but we want to see that. We also want to see what they're doing with Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovasas. It's been a stinking run. 7, 16, 21, and 16 minutes. And with Larry Nance back and with Jackson Hayes playing better, my confidence in Valachunas is falling away very, very quickly. Is he stuck to being a 20-minute starter? I mean, that's bad. That's droppable. And as we see, their schedule is not particularly strong. Two games this week is good. Three next week is not. So if we get an idea here that he's playing 16 again, yeah, he's got to be droppable, I think. For the Rockets, I think we do have to look at Tari Tank season as a potential droppable guy. Now, their schedule does work okay. As I said, a Friday, Sunday, two games for the rest of the week. Four games next week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So well evenly spaced out. 
but the trend of his minutes has been troubling. So we want to see what the minutes look like for Eason and whether he's worth holding. The schedule does mean you get a boost, but he's on the borderline. I also want to watch Jabari Smith Jr. So despite last game where Smith shot really poorly, I was encouraged because he played 37 minutes. He still scored 18 points. He still got rebounds. The shots just didn't go in, but he's played a ton. And his last four games, 43, 36, 36, 37 minutes. That's massive. That is, you can just bludgeon value by playing those extra six or seven minutes a night where he wasn't. He was playing 30 a night for most of the season. And that, even though it was bad shooting, that makes him an excellent option to have now. It took ages to get here, but we're here. The Grizzlies and the Spurs. Memphis and San Antonio both have two more games this week, and they both play four games next week. We know that Ja Morant will be out. Stephen Adams will be out. Jake LaRavia is questionable. Vince Williams is questionable. And what about the San Antonio Spurs and whatever nonsense they're running? Well, you're going to be shocked to know that after playing and starting the last three games, Devontae Graham is now out. Wow, what a shock. You cannot rely on any of these fringe Spurs guys. We saw it with Bates Diop, who's listed questionable today. Um, He sat last game. Graham, who we thought was getting some run, is out now. Romeo Langford started last game, played 19 minutes. He's out again. But Sohan, Vassell, and Zach Collins, who all missed last game, are questionable. This is going to be the way for them. So they play Friday, Sunday, and then they play a Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back next week and Friday, Sunday. So there's no way that these two slash four games that they are, no, not one player, I will be shocked if one Spurs player plays all six of these games. I think most of them will play four. And that really hurts it. And I cannot tell you when or how or what we're doing with stream value. It's almost like a what happens on the day of the game situation. For the Grizzlies, I do want to watch what they do with Xavier T. Ilman because his minutes have trended down pretty aggressively, actually. Tillman played, what, 23 minutes last game? Yeah, 23 minutes last game. And 25 the game before that, and 28 the game before that, and 22 the game before that. It is trending down for him in a pretty pretty significant hurry. I think he is a hold. Again, the schedule works. The Friday, Saturday, Sun- the Friday, Saturday back-to-back is good, but it's not looking good overall in terms of that value. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, um, like he just continues to be bad. Is he even worth having with Jam around now? I-, I don't think so because, you know, he is. The world. For the Spurs, I-, I don't know what I want to watch, honestly. Like Zach Collins will come back and start. What do they do with Branham? I imagine that given that... Um, well, actually, I don't, because they'll probably start Vassell and Trey Jones. Although, I'm shocked Trey Jones isn't on the injury report. So where does Branham fit? I, I've got... I want to watch Devontae Graham. That was before I knew he was out. So he's out. So I want to watch what they do with Branham, what they do with Blake Wesley, who I thought has played all right the last couple of games, and how that fits into anything that they do. I don't think that Branham or, Gra- or, or Wesley are really worth having with Vassell, Sohan, Johnson, and Trey Jones all available. And it's just going to be a mess all the way through, unfortunately. The Wolves, the Bulls, the Wolves have a two-game schedule this week and three games next week. The Bulls play two more this week and four games next week. The Wolves got a, had a really terrible schedule. Now they've got a really strong one. They play Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. So that's really, really good. Over the next six days, they've got four games. Um, Javante Green has been upgraded to doubtful. I didn't think we'd see him this season. I still don't, but that's a positive sign. We obviously got the terrible news about Lonzo Ball having another surgery that's going to cost him probably most most of next season as well. Very, very worried about his future. Um, Obviously, they're doing this surgery to try and resurrect something, but this feels very um, like last ditch. We'll see if it does anything. It's really bad. We hope hope he's he's able to get back because he's a fun player. 
Javante Green's out. Towns is out. Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter, he is questionable. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Um, we've got Jalen Noel questionable and Austin Rivers questionable. For the Wolves, I want to see Mike Conley because he's been struggling a little bit. He's been struggling a little bit. And in a shallow format, I don't think that Conley has to be a must-hold player. As you can see, their schedule is not particularly good next week with only three games on. And that probably takes him away from being must-roster. They play the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. I expect him to play. And then they play Monday, Wednesday, um, and Sunday next week. So like a hold through Wednesday, which is a strong for them, is good. And then probably a drop after that would make sense to open up three days worth of streaming. I also want to watch Nas Reed, the Wizard of Noz, who played really well last game despite Rudy Gobert being available. Now, Gobert and Reed have reappeared on the injury report just as I'm doing this. They're both questionable again for Friday. So we obviously know if Gobert's out, we really look to Reed. Uh, if Reed is out, we look to Luca Gaza. But I think we're going to get a lot of this questionable tagging for both of these guys as we move forward. For the Bulls, Patrick Beverly and Kobe White, as lo- along with Patrick Williams, were really, really good last game with Caruso out. Beverly, I think, is probably worth rostering anyway, irrespective of Caruso's status and for the value that he can provide, but it gets a real boost if Caruso is out. And White becomes an interesting streamer, along with Pat Williams, if we do hear that Caruso is sidelined. Today's episode is also brought to you by Better Help. Life is tough for everybody. Rising costs, uncertainty with so many different things. And sometimes we don't always have the right coping mechanisms or even know what we want or what we need without talking it out. And talking it out with someone is what therapy is. Therapy helps you get to know yourself and getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process because things are always changing in yourself and in your external environment. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's easy. It's convenient. It's flexible. And it's suited to your schedule. Way to get started is go in there, you fill out a questionnaire, and they match you with a therapist who's suited to you. But even if you go in and have those sessions with the therapist, and you go, "This, I, I'm not clicking with this person. I don't feel comfortable. Well, change. You can just change the therapist, no additional charge, because getting that connection is really, really important. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. The Celtics and the Blazers, both of these teams have two games remaining this week. Both of these teams play three games next week. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, is going to be out again. So is Peyton Pritchard. We're assuming that Justice Winslow is out again. Does this guy even exist anymore? I don't know. And Ibu Baji will be out. Well, Jeremy Grant is questionable for Portland after missing last game with a quad contusion. Yeah. So what we want to watch on the Celtics side of things, I want to watch Malcolm Brogdon and how the minutes interplay with him and Derek White because last game it was Brogdon 31, White 25. The game before it was 29 Brogdon, 27 White. The game before that, it was 25 Brogdon and 36 White. Patterns? Nah, don't worry about it. Just do it as we feel. That's the sneaky Joe Mazzulla style, which makes it tough. Now, both smart, well, not smart, well, smart's another story. Both Brogdon and White are 12-team league players, but how they're utilizing those guys is interesting. I also want to watch Jason Tatum, not because we're dropping him or doing anything stupid with him. His minutes are fine. He's rota- Nothing's happening there, but he's not playing that well. He's really struggling in terms of efficiency at the moment, and that is overall impacting his production. Is he wearing down? Is that wrist thing becoming a problem? Why are the shots not falling for Tatum at this point? 
Because that's obviously for us, fantasy playoffs, it's not a great thing for a guy who's been a top 10 player for most of the season, who was a top 10 pick in basically every draft. And if we look over the last two weeks, he's like 24th in fantasy numbers and he's shooting 42% from the field. So I'd like, what's going on? Can we get that problem fixed? For the Blazers, well, I want to see if I can get any understanding of Cam Reddish and the role he's going to play. Because last time that we saw Simons and Lillard starting together, or two games ago, he played 36 minutes off the bench. Tuesday, he played 19. Now, obviously, 19 minutes of Cam Reddish is not enough. We don't care about that for fantasy. It's not enough at all for us to care about, for us to pay any attention to. But is that what's going to be real? Is he going to play 30 minutes a night? Or is he going to play 20 minutes a night? Because they obviously are quite different things in terms of production. Also, want to watch Trendon Watford because he was the guy, not necessarily little, who stepped up and played an astonishing 40 minutes in a 16-point loss against the Knicks. Chauncey Billups has got to be, got to be. I think he's got to be fired, honestly. I, but I am biased because I wouldn't have hired him to begin with, and I don't think he's done anything positive for this team whatsoever. So yeah, I think he should go. But playing Trendon Watford 40 minutes when two games ago he was a DNPCD is pretty weird when you've got someone like Nasir Little on that roster. But if Grant is out, we go back to Watford because we saw that happen. Although. Yeah, he can change things on a whim. We know that as well. For the Dallas Mavericks, that's the next game. They're taking on the Lakers. The Mavs only have one more game this week, and then they've got four next week. So they don't play on the weekend. No game for Dallas on Saturday, Sunday, but four games next week. The Lakers have two more games this week and three next week. For Dallas, it felt like that we were not getting Kyrie Irving for Friday, but he practiced in full, and he's questionable, which is a shock to me. Luka Doncic, also is questionable. And did he practice in full? Yes, he did. Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable. He practiced in full. So they could all be back, which is shocking given what we heard yesterday about Kyrie and his foot. I was not expecting him to play at all this week. But looks like they could be back. Interesting. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis missed the last game. He will be back, but they will list him probable. I can guarantee you that. But he rested with his foot issue. Um, LeBron will be out and Mo Bamba will be out. So for Dallas, we want to see Jaden Hardy, West Coast Cam Thomas. What is he able to do in a situation where Doncic, Irving, and Hardaway are back? Does he even play at all? Is he useful? The answer here is probably not. With the fact that Doncic, Irving, and Hardaway all practiced, I would have to expect that two of those guys play, making Hardy probably not worth it, making Josh Green also probably not worth it, which is frustrating. Reggie Bullock was great last game as well, but he's just a bit part guy who might get off five threes and hit three of them and have nine points for a game. He was great last game as well, but that could just have been a one-game random performance against the Spurs team who's dreadful with everyone out. And if those three guys all return, Doncic, Irving, Hardaway, there's not much there for Hardy and Bullock. So that is absolutely a surprise for me to see Doncic and Irving both practicing at full and be listed as questionable for Friday with the expectation now they're going to play. For the Lakers, Austin Reeves has been playing really well, and I do think he's a 12-team league guy. Yeah, the schedule's not particularly strong here, considering they don't play at all Monday, Tuesday, next week. But for Friday, Sunday, yeah, we're really into Austin Reeves here, much more so than Dennis Schroeder, who just struggles to do a lot of other things apart from score. And we've seen his minutes drop down, 26, 19, and 25 the last three games, even with Anthony Davis out last game. Reeves seems to be ahead of him. They're giving more minutes to Malik Beasley and obviously D'Angelo Russell's there. So I don't think Schroeder's a must-roster guy. The schedule's not particularly strong for them, so he's not a guy to hold. But 
I think Austin Reeves is, and I think he should be he should be rostered. In terms of streaming guys and injury replacement options, if Mark Williams is out, we are looking at Nick Richards, obviously, with deeper leagues, looking at Kai Jones and the God of Hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. If Steph is out for the Warriors, then we are really leaning into DiVincenzo, who should be rostered anyway. But we are really leaning into DiVincenzo. The other one to look at there would be Moses Moody for deeper leagues. For the Bulls, if Caruso is out, I go Beverly, then Williams, then White as my stream options. If Jeremy Grant is out, I go Watford, then Little. And if Luca is out, then it's Green and Hardy. But again, it looks like those guys are going to play. And we have that's Luca slash Kyrie and Hardaway. The, the order I would probably go is Green, Hardy, Block. But I could easily go Hardy, Green, Bullock if they're out. But again, it looks like they are going to return. For the Friday-Saturday back-to-back streaming options, we're going with Kavon Looney, Dan Gafford, DiVincenzo, Xavier T. Illman, Monte Morris, DeLon Wright, Pat Beverly, and Johnny Kaminga. I think have got good back-to-back stream value for Friday-Saturday. Just looking at Friday alone, we've got Big Dick Nick, Richards at the top, Tillman, DiVincenzo, Gafford, Josh Richardson, although I am very much not confident on that at all. John Kaminga is a pretty good stream for Friday with Draymond out. Tari Eason, again, dropping off a little bit, but not a bad stream. And Matisse Thibel, especially when you're looking for defensive stats, he's available in like 70% plus of leagues, uh, Matisse, so he's worth a look. For deeper formats, with Draymond out and maybe Steph out, Jermichael Green's going to get run. Corey Kit, and these guys are available in lots of spots. Corey Kispert, yes, Kuzma back hurts, but he's still a streamer. Troy Brown for deeper leagues, I like. Rubio, I like for deeper leagues. Kobe White, Drew Eubanks, Torian Prince, and the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's going well. I can't do much about that. In points leagues, these guys are all 40% plus available for Friday. Nick Richards, Kevon Looney, Xavier Tillman, Jeremy Sohan, KJ Martin, John Kaminga, Dan Gafford, and Dennis Smith Jr., all have some really very interesting stream value for Friday. If we look ahead now to the next four nights, who are the guys we're really looking at to boost ourselves Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? DiVincenzo with three games, Looney with three games, T. Illman with three games, KJ Martin with three games, Tari Eason with three games, Patrick Beverly with three games, and Johnny Kaminga with three games. All of those guys have a very, very positive schedule over the next four nights. But you'll notice at the bottom there, a guy that would have been dropped, rightfully so, in a lot of different spots, Kalielinik. Two games, I think it actually makes him a top 100 in total value over the next four nights. Now, with the Jazz, we're not talking about the Jazz, they're not playing until Saturday, but Colin Sexton's out at least another week. I think that's going to push even further. So we're really interested now, Like, and Clarkson's still questionable and limited in practice. Like Re-adding Horton Tucker, re-adding Chris Dunn now, They've got two games in the next four nights, the Jazz. Um, and make sure if Linick was dropped, like, it's okay to re-add now. They're back on par with a normal schedule. If you are in a stronger position in your league and you can forego a Friday stream, that Saturday game, like that, from Saturday, they go Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, three games, five nights, becomes a normal schedule. So we can get back to looking at those players. And if we just look ahead, upcoming chunks, three games in four nights, Warriors, Sixers, Grizzlies, Rockets, Wolves, Bulls. Pretty good, right? That's a good schedule. Four games in five nights, no one. Four games in six nights, a lot of the names are the same there. The Hawks, the Grizzlies, the Sixers, the Warriors, Rockets, Wolves, Spurs, Wizards, Bulls. Five games in seven nights, no team. And there's a bunch of teams that play five games in the next eight nights. Memphis, the Sixers, the Wizards, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Bulls. So when you're considering dropping Tillman, or dropping Melton, or dropping Gafford, or dropping DeLon, or dropping DiVincenzo, or dropping Eason. Understand that they are in the best seven teams 
the top quarter of the league in terms of schedule over the next eight nights. Gives them an advantage. Sometimes you can look longer term eight games. Most of the time I like like to look three or four games or four four days in advance because eight games, a lot can change in that time. But if you are really looking ahead, they're the teams that are going to benefit. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.